Special thanks to our podcast sponsors, Brigitte and Bashar Kalai, Hallie Vanderheider, and Sippy and AJ Karana. At Crime Stoppers of Houston, we believe in safety for all, and to achieve that, it's necessary to have balanced conversations where all are represented. Here's where we come together to do just that. Welcome to The Balanced Voice. What would you do if you discovered someone was stalking your child? Someone was watching their every move, every thought, every word, and using the information they gathered to highly manipulate your child's view of the world and tell them how they should live their everyday life. Essentially, this is what's happening on social media. In a recent study done by Facebook, they found that 64% of people who joined extremist groups on Facebook did so because the algorithms steered them there. In a separate study done by the American Journal of Epidemiology, they discovered that higher social media usage correlated with self-reported declines in mental and physical health and life satisfaction. These are merely a few of the challenges we all face with the rise of social media. Something that was created and intended to connect and entertain us is now used far too often to control and manipulate us. At Crime Stoppers of Houston, one of the largest public safety concerns we have is the effect of social media and technology overall on our young people. But we're realistic. We understand that technology is not going away, nor is it all bad, and that social media isn't going to just disappear. So instead of living in fear, we choose to be solution-focused. Today on The Balanced Voice, we sit down with someone who we think can offer you some pretty incredible and tangible solutions to this rising dilemma. Titania Jordan is the Chief Parent Officer at Bark Technologies, a company with a mission to equip parents with modern, intelligent technology that protects their children online while building trust, alerting them to the potential threats, and empowering them with recommended solutions. We hope that you leave this conversation with Titania with some practical ways that you can protect your family online today. Without further ado, here's your host, Renya Mancarios. Welcome to The Balanced Voice. We are so excited to have Titania Jordan with us today, Chief Parent Officer for Bark, Bark Bark.us, one of my absolute most favorite companies and uh, I consider Crime Stoppers partner. Um, Good morning, Titania. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a joy to see your face and hear your voice. (laughs) Last time we were we were together in Texas not too long ago for um, a school safety summit, which was wonderful. And then COVID hit, so we haven't been able to actually see each other for some time. But you guys are continuing to do incredible work that we, um, you know, look to and and talk about all the time through our Safe School Institute here in Houston. I want to start by the statement. I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately on social media and teen safety and the impacts of of these issues that are really, really real. And I love that one expert said, you know, parents across the country are hearing this and thinking, well, if, if it were to happen, if, and they've got to stop and say, when, when this happens and that parents are really underestimating the realities of what's going on. So today I want to dive into everything you guys are seeing at Bark, uh, everything we're seeing, of course, at Crime Stoppers and, and talk to parents about what's really happening and what solutions are out there. So 
Start with Bark. Talk to us about what you guys do over there. Sure. So for those who don't know, Bark is technology that keeps children safer online and in real life because of those online efforts. Um, on a more granular level, like literally what it is, is it's technology that will connect to your children's social media, text messaging, and email accounts, as well as help to monitor and manage and limit screen time and filter out the bad stuff and only let the good stuff in. And so it's, it's a comprehensive parental control and monitoring solution that both families can use and schools use as well. And what makes us different um, than other, other technology out there is the fact that <clears throat> we're only going to surface the problems. We are not giving parents full unfettered access to their children's devices and accounts because that's time-consuming and friction-heavy, but we are surfacing the things that, honestly, most parents would miss. Um, some parents don't even know how to navigate Snapchat, much less where to go to turn off Snap Maps, which can give your child's real location live in real time to people you might not want to have that. Um, some parents don't know about vault apps that look like a calculator but are hiding files, photos, screenshots of inappropriate text threads, etc. So Bark will flag the most concerning things, cyberbullying, sexual content, thoughts of suicide and depression, potential drug use, online predators, acts of violence, and more. And it will send you a text and an email to let you know, hey, this is what we found. This is where we found it. And we're not only going to give you the problem because <laughs> nobody needs any more problems today, <laughs> but we're also going to give you best recommended next steps for how to address it, how to have candid, powerful conversations with your children about the toughest issues that arise now as a parent. And as a parent myself, I mean, in talking to parents every single day, how many of us could use that technology? Because to be very honest, it is overwhelming to keep up with the new platforms, the new apps, uh, the hidden apps. Our kids mm -hmm. are not just 10 steps ahead of us online. They're, they're far more than that. And it's partially because they're being raised in this world. And, and most of us as adults have, were not raised in this world. So um, we talk about Bark all the time. It is, to me, one of the best tools parents can use to help monitor their kids' online activity. Now, it makes me crazy when people say, but my kids deserve privacy online. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, your kids deserve privacy when they're having a chat on the phone with a dear friend that you know, everybody knows. But online is a, is a different animal. It's a different beast. They're mm -hmm. interfacing with strangers from all over the globe with yeah. different intentions. and we will do our kids a disservice if we're having them navigate that sort of jungle un, unprotected and without our guidance. So I want to talk about this film that you just participated in, Childhood 2.0, the documentary. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Everybody needs to watch it. I, I, I went on the internet, watched it there. Um, I want to talk to you about Social media, cyberbullying, pornography, um, online solicitation. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we started by saying I think parents don't really understand the, the magnitude of what's going on. When you watch this film, it, it not only deals with experts like you and others, but it talks to kids. I mean, there's actual interviews with kids that will flat out say, my parents have no clue. If they knew what was going on. There was no way I'd be using this phone. So 
I want to start sort of at the, the big picture, social media and the dangers of social media. You know, the film yeah. talked about the gambling, the drug addiction, the clout addiction, exposure Ugh. at a young age. <laughs> Where do we begin talking about, about all of this? Yeah. So as you were talking before, I thought of a really compelling analogy that I like to just start with before we dig into the heavy stuff. Um, talking about how these devices, these internet connected devices, whether it's a smartphone, a gaming console, a smartwatch, whatever, they are tools. They are very powerful tools. And much like you wouldn't let your child drive a car without driver's ed and car insurance or without wearing a seatbelt, you don't send them to the beach without sunscreen. Um, you can't give your child this sort of unprecedented access uh, with knowing where they are developmentally without guardrails like Bark, without ongoing candid conversations that are not easy but imperative, and coming back to where we are now in our conversation, without the knowledge of what is really happening in this world. Um, it's very easy to think, not my child, which I know we'll talk about later, it's very easy to see a news report and think, oh, that's just, you know, clickbait or, you know, that's terrible that happened to that family, but that's just not prevalent. Well, unfortunately it is. Um, the rates at which children are experiencing mental health issues is on the rise. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in children in our nation. And I'm talking about seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. Um, that is a, a horrifying statistic. And the stigma that exists around mental health and suicide um, is part of the problem. So you've got to talk about it. The rate at which children are exposed to pornography and sexual content um, is, is absurd. I mean, it's in the 70% range. Um, Cyberbullying is, is a problem. Bullying has always been an issue in childhood, but cyberbullying is just that much more pervasive and you can't leave it. You can't leave it behind. It follows you everywhere. The comparison trap. Um, girls now, uh, you know, used to be able to look on the television or maybe in fashion magazines to see, you know, what they needed to look like or, or what standard there was. Now, every place that they look, it's a filtered image of perfection that is not reality. I can only imagine how that would impact me as an 11 to 15 year old. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. So you, you have to know what is the landscape. What are, what are children actually really experiencing? And not just children from broken homes or that have, uh, you know, trouble in their lives. Um, these are, this is happening to children with loving parents with healthy family dynamics, with all the gifts in the world. Um, it happens to all kids. I'm reading uh, the number of teenage girls who now are admitted into U.S. hospitals each year because they either cut themselves or harm themselves is up 62% for older teens. It's up 189% for preteens. Uh, same pattern with suicide. Older teen girls, 15 to 19 years, up, years is up by 70%. Preteens, it's up by 151%. Looking at pornography in 2019, pornography sites received more traffic, like I can't, than Amazon, Twitter, and Netflix combined. Okay. I mean, just that's overwhelming. So for parents who think, you know, and I'm one of them too, and the, this topic on its own is hard to 
break down and digest. But for parents who think, well, we live in a good neighborhood. My kids go to my kids' friends are so sweet. We are a Christian. We're a great home. We're a religious home, a faithful home. Um, this doesn't happen in our community. Kids here don't. They're just not those types of kids. Social media, and you know, I make the distinction that the phone is not a hundred percent in and of itself the negative. It's what you can use, what you can do with the phone that creates those issues. And every app is made by engineers who are goal, their goal is to keep you on their app and to keep you looking and to keep you digging and to keep you diving and to send stuff to you that you will be compelled and drawn to. And so when you think of pornography, when you think of um, the comparison trap, when you think of how pervasive this is and the effects of it in terms of our mental health, it's why we stop and say, look, parents, we have to stop and address this. And we understand you can't do it alone, which is why nonprofits like Crime Stoppers exist. It's why technology like Bark exists. But we've got to talk about the terrible landscape of what we're dealing with and then offer these solutions. You know, I was very intrigued by the documentary Childhood 2.0 when, you know, talking to these girls about the age at which they go online, the things they see online, the nude photos, you know, pressure asked at one point, have any of you seen, they were like, seriously, that's a question. Of course we have everybody sees. And there's a group of kids, all the girls we know that are going to do it. The the girls, you know, we know that aren't, you know, it usually happens around eighth, third, ninth grade. Now that's seventh grade or younger. Titania, how do we grapple with all of this? Yeah, I mean, the first is to just accept it that this is our new reality. Sexting is a new first base. Uh, children are not going on dates, but sending nudes um, and not realizing how that can impact their reputation, their career, and their mental health. Um, and it's also not just one conversation. Like back in the day, there used to be like the talk, right? Your parents would have the talk with you. Chances are you probably already knew about the birds and the bees and it was more of a formality. Today, there have to be multiple conversations um, over multiple uh, ages of development with your child because it has to weave into the fabric of, of your family dynamic. For example, when your kids are young, you know, if they're able to just access YouTube while you take a shower or use the family iPad to game, you need to talk to them about tricky people. You don't have to get into online predation and, and you know, pornography yet, but you can just say there are some people online who aren't who you think they are. They might pretend to be your friend. They might offer you gifts. Um, they might seem really, really nice. But if anybody does X, Y, and Z, you need to let mommy, daddy know. And just, you have to start there. You have to also let them know that while, you know, whatever they might be viewing on, on YouTube or YouTube kids or Netflix might be super fun and super friendly. There might be some things that look like cartoons but might be kind of weird, might make you feel confused or not feel good um, and let them know that they can come to you and talk to you about those things. You're not going to take it away. Um, you're not going to punish them. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, even if they searched for something and stumbled upon it, they didn't do anything wrong. They're kids. They're curious by nature. Um, but they need to know they can come to you and you guys can talk about it and, and navigate it together. A lot of kids are just afraid to talk to their parents because Maybe they wouldn't understand. Maybe they'll lose access to their gaming, to their social media, to their technology, and they don't want to do that. Um, but then they, they struggle um, because they're not equipped to handle the gravity of those situations. 
it's such a complicated situation when you think of the fact that we hand kids as young as four, you know, their first iPad to play with. And it's, oh, this is a developmental game. And I did it too. You know, we just, yep. that's, it's, it's an actually, it's the fabric of our lives now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they've grown up that way. Middle schoolers don't socialize the way we did when we were in middle school. Everything is weaved through their online experience, their online brand, the online online socialization. That's just how where they live and play and study and research and do schoolwork and communicate. It's everything. So yeah. the the you know the parent that says, "Well, I'm just going to cut it out." That's not necessarily the answer. That can set them up for extreme social isolation. So we have to be able to navigate it. Now, I love that there are groups um, that are dealing with. Um, you know, humane technology and saying, we understand that these platforms have value, but we can't let these platforms literally and negatively take over the way we think and and make money off of manipulating children and exposing children to things that are, they are not mentally, emotionally, or physically capable of seeing. The film entered a really interesting area for me when it dove into the world of um, pornography and sexuality. And, you know, you started by saying when we were younger, parents gave us sort of, my parents never did that. I never, yeah. they were like, there's no such thing. I don't even know what you're talking about. No such thing. What? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. And your first date will be, you know, when you're 45. But yeah. that was just sort of the family I grew up in. But now kids don't care about the conversation. There's no conversation because they're learning about sex Google. online. Yeah. And they're learning about sex through pornographic sites that oftentimes are not just X-rated, they're triple X-rated. In the documentary, it said, you know, one of the experts said, look, parents, if you had a coffee table in the center of your home and you put 10 magazines out and three of them were X triple X-rated pornography, do you just kind of hope your kids are not going to look at it? I mean, it's not realistic. They are. That's what happens with social media. And are we okay knowing that a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, that kids upper elementary to early middle school are learning about sexuality through, the, through navigating triple X videos? And, and to Tanya, is there anything we can do on the phones to actually stop this? Or is, it, is there no way around the exposure? Yeah. So there's a lot of things you can do. Um, ultimately, they're going to encounter it in some way, shape, or form. But there's so much you can do. So back to the conversations. Um, one thing I didn't mention is the conversation around addiction. You know, my son and I used to have it out when he was younger because I'd be like, "Get off the X Y Z," and he was addicted. Um, And once I changed it from the, you do what I say when I say it, because I said it to, Hey buddy, I want you to be in control. That thing with the screen is out of control. And right now it's in control of you much like you, um, want more ice cream or you want more Laffy Taffy or you want more and more more of something that makes you feel good. And I have to limit it to make sure you don't, you know, get sick. Same thing. The screen and can be an addiction as well. So having those conversations about addiction and how they need to be the ones in control uh, and let them know how that can stimulate their brain, the dopamine, the serotonin, all of it. It's, it's a learning opportunity, honestly. And so on that note with pornography, pornography is also uh, addictive. Um, And so first of all, just having a conversation about the fact that there is content online that showcases people uh, you know, in, in intimate situations. Um, and it doesn't come from a place of love. It comes from a place of 
making money and the people who participate in it perhaps are not even in it voluntarily there there's abuse there's a lot of a lot of bad things happening there and studies have shown you don't even have to say mommy or daddy says it's studies have shown that the more that you consume this content the more of it you want and the the, the darker you uh, are searching for it's 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 a, it's a it's an appetite that cannot be quenched and that is bad and it's not bad because sex is bad sex is beautiful it's a wonderful gift it's how you got to be on this planet but um, the, the things that happen because of it uh, because of pornography are not a gift and it can actually ruin your ability to enjoy that gift later on in life uh, and we you know we want you to have a healthy sex life healthy relationships not one that is marred by images and video that, that you've seen online. I, you know, the film was really interesting in talking to these young boys and in terms of what age and how many of them have watched porn. And they were like, yeah, of course, of course we have. Yes. Um, and then talking to the girls about these young girls about their first experiences with boys and how aggressive the boys were at the onset. Like, what do you mean? You're not going to do that. What do you mean? And when you think of the fact that a boy may be starting at the age of eight or nine, 10 or 11. And I know people are like, no, not eight or nine, but no, it is. Yes. Um, and that's why we say parents, it's not if it's when, and mm -hmm. it's, and, and we want to work together to not underestimate this issue. Uh, by the time these, these boys are older and girls, because girls develop an addiction as well, their, their ability to interact sexually with somebody else is it's just not normal. It's everything they've seen in these triple X rated videos over and over and over again. And of course, mm -hmm it doesn't take much of an imagination to realize that the more X's you get, the more um, negative the content is, whether it's demeaning, abusive, um, you know, it's just not, I mean, as a, as a, as a mother myself, it's, I don't, I, I just don't want my child when they're older to interface with somebody whose idea of sexuality is tied deeply into this pornographic world. Um, and, but and it, violent. And violence. I wanted to, I, I went on a, a bit of a tangent. I do want to give uh, people listening some tangible takeaways. You asked what can parents do, and I went off on the you can talk to them. Well, you can also do some other things. Um, your internet service provider uh, has filters. Uh, call them, tweet them, email them. Say, how do I make the internet that is coming into my home as safe as possible? Um, there's pin codes and filters that you can enable to just limit access to specific uh, pornographic websites. Also, and the, the smartphones that you give your children, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, there are free parental controls uh, baked in um, to help with filtering and limiting access to content. Um, there's Bark, uh, which can do that for you as well. And the good thing about Bark is that all of the previous technology that I've mentioned is more of a preventative and or a Band-Aid. Because we know that it's an, not a matter of if but when, Bark will let you know when your child has encountered that so that you can have the, those conversations and, and try to implement that damage control. Um, yeah. So you, and those are such good solutions. And this whole, the point of this whole podcast is, is to have tough conversations, but offer solutions. Let's talk about online solicitation. A mm. quote from you um, from the film you know, you just, you know, you said in your experience and what Bark has found is there are men who want to talk to children at all hours of the day and night and quote, 
Um, you know, we know statistically online solicitation of minors has gone up by 93% in 2020 alone. You created a film um, with a colleague of yours, a young woman who works at Bark, um, where she posed as a young girl, Libby. And, you know, you guys had a whole team together. You created a backstory for her. You made her really look a lot younger. 15, I think, was her age. Um, the city she lived in, her experiences, everything, posted her picture. And within one hour, seven men had reached out to her. Within nine days, 92 men. You did it again with an 11-year-old, an 11-year-old who within one to two minutes had a picture of a, a penis sent to her. And within five minutes had a stranger calling her. Talk, I mean, this film, we will link to the film because it is I cried actually watching and, and one, because I know all of you and I know, you know, the, the woman who played Libby, but I was overwhelmed by it. What was it like for you? It was so eye opening. Um, you know, in the space that we work, we know this stuff happens. You know, we know that we have escalated over 450 online predators to law enforcement just last year alone. We know it's out there. I've seen the technology in real time that, that lights up computers across the world that have child sexual abuse material on it. I know. Yet, until we went through that undercover um, project, I didn't feel it in my bones and in my spirit. Um, to be in the position of a child, uh, knowing how you think and feel at the age of 11 or 15, and then know what children today are being faced with, it's stomach turning. It will rock you to your core. To know that a child can now be abused um, without ever having met a person in real life thanks to these devices is, is chilling. Um, and to know that the majority of parents just don't realize how, how quickly it can happen. You could let your 12-year-old stay home alone for 20 minutes because you're going to the grocery store. You can be backing down the driveway. And in a matter of minutes, this could have all taken place. Whereas in the past, you would have had to let a babysitter or a coach or, or somebody like that into your life at where a relationship would have had to form. Um, also, the, the, the fact that these, are, these predators are smart. You know, it's not uneducated people living in their mother's basement that perhaps had some, you know, fell on bad times. They are doctors. They are lawyers. They are politicians. They are dads. Um, they are husbands. They are professors. A predator can be anyone. And so knowing all of that, not to just make everybody completely depressed right now, uh, but knowing all of that and then compound that on top of the fact that we just don't have enough resources to fight it all. Um, there are not enough law enforcement professionals to go and arrest every bad person out there right now that does this to kids. So what do we do? We have to equip ourselves with the knowledge and we have to fight. We parents have to fight. We have to educate and we have to fight because it's only getting worse. That, that undercover documentary or film, I'm not sure what the proper term is, but it was unbelievable. And every parent needs to to just take a minute to watch it and and i don't know would you recommend watching it with your kids it depends on the age and stage of your child um for the the, 
the predator video, it's nine and a half minutes. Um, if you have already spoken to your children about sex, um, about tricky people or online predators, then I'd say it's probably okay. Um, you know, if they're eight years old, maybe not 12, 13, 14, probably. It really just depends on your family dynamic. And I would recommend watching it first. Um, with me, my son is 11. There were two moments in the film that I just fast forwarded through real quick. And it was when they were, we were showing the actual graphic conversations that were taking place between the predator and um, the, the victim. Um, and I just felt like him reading that would be further abuse and exposure that he didn't need to be exposed to. He could still understand the concept of what was happening without having to actually process that information. Um, but it is, it will rock you to your core. And if, uh, if you do watch those nine and a half minutes and you feel like this is not for my child yet, uh, the movie Childhood 2.0 could be a softer foray into all of these issues and um, and might be a good starting point to have those conversations. And I'll, But I'll just add to Tanya, and you may not agree with me, but if you feel like your child's not able to stomach, I agree, you know, the nine-minute documentary is compelling. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing sort of the images of the the predators text messages or mm-hmm. messages social media within when the within the apps and the words even though they're blurred some are blurred out but it's a lot it's unbelievable it every parent should see it um but i'll also add you know we talk to parents every day that say you know i know you guys mean well i we know you mean well but the, this is too much for my, my child it's too much and i say but your your child's on every on social media oh yeah oh yeah yeah actually they have a great following i'm like but you know, on some, on some level, we do our children a disservice by not having the really awful conversations because we're handing them a tool that inherently, you know, again, the film says it, it amplifies all negative behaviors. It just mm-hmm. amplifies social media, amplifies insecurities, it amplifies jealousy, it amplifies predator, predatory action, it amplifies bullying, it amplifies everything. And so... I think we have a duty to have really difficult conversations with our kids, but I, I agree with you. We don't want to further, further victimize our children. Let's talk quickly about um, NMK syndrome. <laughs> yeah, not my kid. <sighs> Detective Rich Wistocki, who is featured in Childhood 2.0, who is a retired uh, child crimes uh, detective um, in the Midwest, encounters that all the time. You encounter that all the time. We, we encounter that all the time. Not my kid. Man, that's so bad for that family, but not my kid. Yes. Yes, your kid. And if it doesn't directly happen to your kid, it's happening to one of their friends, and they're going to know about it. Uh, if it's not happening to your kid or their friends, they're seeing it unfold amongst their peers on TikTok, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Kick, on Marco Polo. I mean, you name it. Uh, the, the apps are going to keep popping up. We look at the data over, you know, Bark monitors over 5 million children across the nation. Our tech is used in over 2,300 school districts across the nation. We're monitoring over 30 social media accounts, Google Drive, Microsoft Teams, you name it, the way kids are interacting, we're monitoring it. Based on that data, we looked at the amount of alerts that are going out 
around these issues, sexual content, cyberbullying, mental health, suicidal ideation, online predators, all of it. It's way too high. It's way too high. Certain issues are in the, you know, 80 percentile, 70, like over half of kids in some cases. If you don't think you're a kid, please think again. I hope you're not your kid. I really hope not your kid. But just in case, you need to talk to them about it because they're going to need to know where you stand. Where do you stand as a family on these issues? Um, our job as parents and caregivers is not to uh, blindfold them as they go down the path. And our job is not to remove all the boulders from their way. Our job is to help them navigate the boulders and the rocky path because eventually they're going to leave the nest. They're going to have to figure out how to navigate it on their own. You can't do that if, if they've been sheltered. Titania Jordan, Chief Parent Officer for Bark. Uh, you're about to release a book, Parenting in a Tech World? Yes, yes. Matt McKee and I are co-authoring a book called Parenting in a Tech World for this very reason. Um, every television interview, every podcast, every speaking engagement, I'm asked the same questions over and over again. And there is nothing that I am more passionate about than educating and empowering families and children with the knowledge they need to know and, and the steps for, for how to do better. And um, figured, you know, this should probably be in a book. Let's get it out there and let's help as many families as we can. This has been so helpful and so important. Um, again, parents everywhere, I hope they're listening. We will link to um, Childhood 2, 2.0, 2.0, and we'll link to your nine-minute undercover um, film that you, Bark put out, which was unbelievable. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We're proud partners, and uh, we look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye, guys. See you next time. Guys, thank you for sitting down with us. We hope you enjoyed our sit down with Titania Jordan. We certainly thank her for her time. Key takeaways for me is really one as a parent, it is not if your children are going to be exposed to either the harmful imagery that comes with pornography um, or the mental health issues that come with just social media usage, but when. And if we really recognize that, we might feel this um, burden, you know, like I do every day on how to tackle social media usage. We're not advocating or advising that kids get cut off because we know it's, an, it's how they interface and interact with others, but we're asking parents to get uh, their hands dirty in terms of what social media usage and the impact of gaming and online, online engagement with others, the impact that that has on their lives. So talk to your kids, talk to them about what their brand is, who follows them, why it matters um, that these people are following them, uh, the, the real dangers that, that um, can come out of so, social media. And then, you know, there are programs that can help you. The internet carriers have filters. Your phone comes with filters. The apps have ways to protect your children. And there are companies like Bark, who we just spent 30 minutes talking to, that can help you monitor your kids' online usage. But then here's something else. As a community, we can demand better. There are the engineers behind the makers of Google, Facebook, Twitter, um, Snapchat that are now turning the page and saying, look, what we created we thought was for good, but now we're realizing that as we become the consumer, 
our, our addiction to these platforms become the very method by which these companies make money, we can demand for humane usage of technology. One group I'm really, really following, Center for Humane Technology, check them out, read about what they're doing. Collectively, we can come together and demand humane technology usage, especially when we see the impact it's having on our kids. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Balanced Voice podcast. Take care. If you missed anything from the show, check out the show notes at thebalancedvoicepodcast.com. This episode was edited and mixed by the team at Real News PR. Our executive producer is Sydney Zyker. Our advising producer is Katie Myers. Our media and quality assurance director is Tanya Cruz. And finally, our creative design director is Elizabeth McChesney. To find out more information about Crime Stoppers of Houston or to get involved with our prevention programming, please visit us at crime-stoppers.org. You can find us on Instagram at The Balanced Voice Podcast, and you can find me online at The Run Your Report.